shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome, Renegade Nation. Renegade Talk in Las Vegas. Uh, my name is Richie Marla. Happened to go to NASCAR, never came back. I think she's standing on a uh, 18-wheeler naked, down, down, running down the highway somewhere. She, I hope she comes back tomorrow. Anyway, I got a surprise for you today. We're going to hold on to that surprise for a few seconds. I got to talk about our sponsors. Uh, one of our sponsors is HealthTap. If you have any issues or any problems, all you got to do is download the app. It's called HealthTap. And you can get yourself to a doctor very, very quickly. Um, doesn't take long. Just download the app. It's called Health Tap, and you have access to <clears throat> thousands of doctors all over the country. Also, IJI Search, EG Search. If you don't want to be tracked, if you want to watch porn, you want to have a good time, and you don't want your girlfriend or wife or anybody else tracking your ass, then go to IJI Search. It's totally fucking private, Renegade Nation. And also, biggerbras.com. If your girlfriend or your wife or you have big tits and you need to find a cheap bra um, at half half the price of the Bankster department stores, then go to biggerbras.com. So our surprise today, Renegade Nation, is a gentleman that was on the original Renegade uh, talk radio network back in 2003 with Raunch Fox. We're gonna get into that in a second. The Mile High Guy. Hi, Mile High. Hey, good afternoon, Rich. Good afternoon, Mile High Guy. Now, Mile High Guy, Renegade Nation, was the sidekick and co-host back in the day when we started all of this internet radio talk broadcasting back in the day. And um, Mile High was the uh, co-host with Raunch Fox. Now, we have been trying to locate Raunch Fox, and Mile High is going to explain to you why we can't find Raunch Fox. So, Mile High, it's all yours. Yeah, do we, do we want to explain that he's over in Pakistan in a cave? Well, he, uh, broadcasting from there. Yeah, he might be in a yeah he might be in a cave in Pakistan or Afghanistan, broadcasting from a cave that Osama bin Laden probably frequented. We can't locate him. We've been trying to do that. So, any of the fans of Raunch Fox out there listening to the program, if you have any idea where this big fat fuck is, could you please um, <clears throat> contact us so we can get him back on the air and make fun of him? Yeah, I don't think he's dead. Anyway, I think he's bullshit. Yeah, so... He, I, 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 think he's, I think he's scamming the listeners. I think he opened up that GoFundMe page and he's bullshit and he's hiding somewhere. Renegade Nation, there's a GoFundMe page. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly, Ronch Fox, also known as Ray Petty, is dead. Now, yeah. uh, after all out the... Out of the blue. Uh, out of the blue, he just uh, dropped dead. And um, Mile High has been doing investigations because Mile High works at ABC News in, uh, in Denver, and they have access to all this stuff to try to find people who just who just disappear. Well, we've been trying to find this motherfucker, and we can't find him. Uh, even yeah, we can't even find ashes. We can't even find his grave. No grave, no ashes, no obituary, no nothing. But there is a GoFundMe page that raised eleven thousand fucking dollars, and uh, who knows where. He might be. He might be in a, a cave in Pakistan, and he might be sitting in San Diego, or he might be in Tijuana licking some donkey's asshole. You never know, Renegade Nation, where he might be. In fact, if you remember, a lot of you, uh, Mile High did the uh, call with the pinhole lady. The, uh, when they called, uh, the lady was calling uh, into uh, Costco, and she actually dialed the wrong number and got a hold of Ronch Fox and Mile High. Yeah, yeah. And now, she dialed the wrong number, or did Renegade acquire the old number to Costco, which ended up being the warranty number for them. Is, is that what happened? Or, or no, no, my, did she dialed the wrong number? No, she dialed the wrong number. 
She, she actually okay. dialed the wrong right. number. And I think it was one digit off. And what happened, Renegade Nation, as I put up over the weekend, you can actually to the, listen to the pinhole story where she actually thought that Ronch and Mile High were uh, Costco and Mile High was in charge of the pinhole department because this chandelier was missing a pinhole. And so yeah. they, they made a joke out of this whole thing for almost 40 minutes. Was it about 40 minutes, Mile High? It, it had... It, it, I, I think it was it might have been, but you know there was a lot of controversy. A lot of people thought this was was pre done, like like a setup. Set this up, and you know it wasn't. This was this was all ad lib. I mean, we Ronch and I were. Uh, he, he gets over the IFB on me and he says, "Hey, somebody just called in. We're going to take the call. They think it's Costco warranty. Can you do it?" And I'm like, "Okay, what are we doing?" He goes, "I don't know. Just roll with it." And next thing I know, we're starting off, and he's talking away and. And everything, I didn't know what he was going to do next, because I'm in Denver, he's in Phoenix, he was in the studio in Phoenix, so I can't see, at the time, what he was doing. Um, he could only send me messages, but even then, he didn't even send me messages, so we, we rolled with it. I mean, that was all ad-lib, it was amazing. It was and amazing. I still have copies of it myself, and it's the funniest thing, I played it for friends and family once in a while. I think a lot of people uh, were listening to it over the weekend, laughing their ass off. In fact, one of our listeners in New York said he was he was laughing so hard he was on the floor with uh, 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 he was um, folded up into the fetal position. He was laughing so hard. And Renegade Nation, that was a true call. That was not a fake call, a prank call, a setup call. Whatever, no, not at all. Not at all. Whatever the fuck you want to say, it was a real call. This lady was so fucking stupid and dumb where she called. Well, they were pissed, and they were and, and eventually they got pissed because somebody went after the credit card. Was it you or was it Fox that did it? It was. It was me because you know I was just trying to, to mess around, you know, like customer service would do. And what made it sound so real is my headset was so close to my keyboard that I purposely was pounding on the keyboard to make it sound like uh, convince them that we were legit customer service. And then when I asked, uh, I, I think it was a gentleman or her, I asked, yeah, what was your card number so I can verify the order and find it. And he starts, he starts to give it to me, and all of a sudden she goes, "Excuse me, this was cash." This was and cash. She just starts <laughs> that was the best Renegade Nation that was the best fucking call that was not a prank that was an actual call that came in I have never in all my years of being in radio have ever heard something like that it was, was it Thornsbury their last name or something I don't even recall um, I, yeah, it's, it's in the recording if you listen to it uh, her husband's name was Jim Oh yeah, Jim Thornburg. Jim Sounds Thornburg, familiar. Yeah. And I think it was West Virginia is where they were from. You know, it'd be cool is to track them down if they're still alive. And, I doubt it. And uh, call them up and do a like call them call them up and say, "Hi, this is Costco customer service. We're just checking on your chandelier. See if you ever got the pinhole." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was funny when when Ron said, "Do you use it? For, is it in your dungeon or is it in your living room?" I mean, he the way he yeah. and she fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker, running gay nation. It was the best. I mean, you know, I can put a part of it into this show or the prior show that went up over the weekend. You can listen to it. That's the actual call. When uh, Ronch was on with us when we were in Maui uh, in 2014, and we actually, he actually played that clip back to Renegade Nation. So anyway, so my high, um, oh, wow. so we're going to follow through on this. We're going to try to figure out where the fuck this fat fuck is. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a pussy. I think he got scared. He's not dead. You think so? I think, I think he's still alive. I went down to Phoenix. I was down there. May of last year, twice, and uh, nobody nobody knew where he was. My cop buddy out of uh, Chandler, Arizona, he was just like, "Well, there's no there's no nine one one record for the address," and 
Uh, what was it, Casa Grande or even Guadalupe? I think it was, yeah, he was in Casa Grande, not Guadalupe. I think it was, yeah, last time I talked to him was 2014. I'm all he was in Casa Grande. Renegade Nation, nobody can find this fucker. He's, he's yeah. like, he's like just, just, just disappeared. And also, there was a GoFundMe or what is it called? GoFundMe? Is that what it's called? Yeah, GoFundMe page. And that's, I was on his, looking for his Facebook page because I was down there. Uh, because, you know, I had a misfortune at, uh, happening down in Phoenix last year, and I was going to invite him to the event that I was going to, and all of a sudden I read a page that he's dead, had a heart attack, blah, 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 and then click here for GoFundMe, and I'm going, how the hell did this guy raise $11,000 when he had a Harley, a Hummer, and all this stuff that could have been sold? And I don't know. You know, well, I, maybe, I maybe, he took, maybe, maybe he put the Harley in the back of the Hummer and took off. Well, maybe he gave himself a Hummer on the Harley. Okay. I, think, <laughs> I, 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 you know, he, he, him with a Harley and a, and a big mouth he was, maybe he got tied in with a, a motorcycle club and uh, crossed him. And, uh, you know, maybe he's worm food out in the desert. Who knows? Well, right. I, I, me personally, I think he's alive. I think he was the biggest scammer in the world. And uh, he's probably listening to us, too. And, you know, we'll, we'll get him to come out of the woodworks. You know how he is. Renegade Nation, this goes all the way back to 2000. In fact, it goes back to 1999 when we started, we started talk radio on the Internet. That's right. We started it. Not all these morons that are out there today, and especially these podcasts. We were the ones that started it. Then we, start, we started Voice America. And then we turned around and started Renegade. And the original Renegade back then, we interviewed Yoko Ono. Uh, in fact, on the news today, RuPaul, did, we interviewed, who interviewed? her was it me or was it uh was it uh, fox i think it was i think it was ranch i think it was right yeah ranch we had yoko ono we had uh, rupaul we had henry hill. henry hill henry hill we're gonna get into henry hill after the break renegade nation you're not gonna believe the story about henry hill um i interviewed him and michael franzisi both mobsters we called it mob day at renegade talk radio and we were asking them all kind of questions how many people they killed and all that stuff and they wrote they had books about him but henry hill renegade nation there was a movie made about his life and it's called goodfellas so we had him on the air and he was um he was okay and everything was fine but then when i hooked up uh, back with mile high mile, mile high is going to tell you the story about the real henry hill because Mile High actually represented him for theater and movies and appearances with Howard Stern and everybody else. So we're going to get oh, in. The guy lived with, the guy lived with me for two years. And, and he lived with, a, a Henry Hill lived with Mile High for two years. So Mile High has a, a very good knowledge and working knowledge of what uh, Henry Hill was really like and what an, what an idiot he was. But we're, we're going to get into that when we uh, come off the break so he can explain to you the, about the real Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Anyway, we'll be right back. They got Mile High from Denver, Richie here in uh, Vegas, Renegade Talk Radio, where we don't sugarcoat shit, and you can listen on your phone. We'll be right back. I want you to beat the living crap out of him with his Craftsman 26-ounce forged steel claw hammer with lifetime guarantee. Let the filthy asshole be happy, Christopher. Scumbag. <laughs> You're about to see the psycho side of Sears. You dig it. Oh, yuck. Now there's brains all over the claw of this amazing hammer. Hey, hey, hey. Forget about it. Them brains will come right out with a couple of squirts of Formula 409. It's powerful cleaning agents. Dissolve brains on contact. Hey, watch this. Here we go. Hey, 
<laughs> oh, you ain't kidding, Tone. Not for nothing, but I need some paper towels over here. No problem. Hey, try these from Bounty. They're two-ply tough with a lovely floral design that's sure to accent any kitchen's decor. Oh, they work like a charm. These Bounty towels are the quicker brain picker-upper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Here come the cop. Oh, jeez. I tell you what. Let's make a quick getaway in my brand new Chevrolet Suburban. Hey, ain't they offering 0% financing on those if you buy now? Yeah, 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 that's right. See you, dealer, for details. Blunt. Do you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen, Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. The most shocking, the most offensive radio network in the country. We try to tell you right the way it is. Got in a big fight with some ba- some idiots on Facebook about Trump and the banksters. They just don't get it. Anyway, I got the Mile High man on from Denver. Mile High was a co-host with Ron Fox back in the day of the original Renegade Talk Radio Network. And um, I didn't know this until I hooked back up with Mile High that when we interviewed Henry Hill, who was the mobster that was portrayed in the movie Goodfellas, Renegade Nation, if you saw the movie, and in fact, Ray Liotta played his part, uh, once me and Mile High started talking uh, <clears throat> over the past week, we found out, I found out that um, Mile High actually represented Henry Hill. And on Facebook, I'm going, who, huh? How would he hook up with this mobster? So we're going to tell you the story, or Mile High is going to tell you the story about how he ended up with Henry Hill uh, from the movie Goodfellas, who was portrayed by, uh, what's his face, which, which I just said. And he can explain to you what Henry Hill was really like. So Mile High, it's all yours. Yeah, Goodfellas, I'll tell you what, that was the, it's the most notorious mobster movie ever filmed. And, uh, you know, and like you said, Henry Hill, uh, that movie was inspired by him. And, uh, you know, talking with Henry, he said that movie was about 95% accurate. And, you know, the, the producers and the director, they all want to spruce it up a little bit more than what it was, make it more glamorous. Um, but, you know, yeah, we, we uh, you know, the, the old show, uh, The Morning Cyber Sickness on uh, Renegade Talk Radio, uh, we had Henry Hill on. And, you know, at that time, I really didn't know who the hell he was. You know, I grew up in Philadelphia. We, we were more in tune with the Philly mob and all those group balls. And uh, so we do the interview, and not long after it, and, you know, for the life of me, I can't remember how the heck I got a hold of him or he got a hold of me. I, th- I think, you know, Ronch had said Henry's up there, and he gave me his number, and I called, and uh, Henry had invited me up. He, he was working in a restaurant uh, uh, cooking food with his, his Sunday gravy, which is, he was very infamous for and uh, he was just north of me, about three and a half, four hour drive in North Platte, Nebraska. Mile high. Can you explain? Right. Mile high. Can you explain gravy to people? People don't understand what gravy is. Like, oh, gravy. Yeah, that's an East Coast term for like uh, Sunday sauce, Sunday gravy. That's what you put on your spaghetti, marinara sauce. Yeah, marinara sauce is called gravy. And he always said he he couldn't find any good gravy, so he didn't make his own fucking gravy. I and he did. That. He made some. He showed me his secret on how to make that. And there's no sugar in it. There's no nothing. And, uh, you know, he, 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 you know, in, in the movie, you'll see him making a sunny gravy. And he's always telling, telling, hey, stir the sauce, stir the sauce. And, and, and he would. And the reason for that was he didn't want it to burn on the bottom. But also, it was releasing the acid out of the tomatoes and would come bubbling to the top. Mm-hmm. So you'd take the spatula and uh, you would scrape all that red bubble off the top. And that was a secret to get rid of the acid. And all his ingredients were, uh, were, were natural. There was nothing... 
uh, artificial in it, and I'll tell you what, I still make it to this day. And they, they show you parts of it in the movie where they're finally slicing the, the garlic with a razor blade and getting it down, and then you saute it until it almost melts in the, all right, in the so, olive oil. All right, so, so getting back to uh, how you hooked up with him. So you hooked up with him, and he started living with you? I thought this guy had a lot of money. Well, you, you know what? Uh, we ended up going to North Black, Nebraska. We shot pool with him. I brought the, the, the DVD with me. He signed it, got pictures of him signing it. But then I saw what really Henry Hill was about. And Marie Jones was the owner of a, I don't know if she still is, a Firefly restaurant. It's, a, it's in North Black, Nebraska, a little tiny hotel downstairs is a restaurant. And Marie said, let me give you the rundown of Henry. So Henry went off and did his own thing in a hotel or in the uh, in the restaurant. Marie took me for a little tour in the back, showed me where Henry cooks. And then she took me to the restroom in, back in the kitchen area. And I walk inside and I see this mattress. And this is no joke. <laughs> I see a mattress on the floor in the bathroom and a, a probably about a, a foot long chained handcuff to the rail on the wall, which, you know, the rails used for handicapped people to, to assist them getting up. And I said, what is this all about? She said, well, Henry drinks way too much, and he gets out of control. He gets violent. He gets nasty. He gets mean. So what I have to do is talk to him like a mom, calm him down, handcuff him to this rail, and let him pass out on this mattress. And I'm wow. like, are you kidding me? And Henry comes walking in. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're showing me, uh, you're showing Daryl uh, my, my little prison for when I get out of control, and he kind of laughs hysterically. Isn't that, when, isn't, that, like, isn't that when he was in witness protection? Uh, that's that's where he was, right, in Nebraska? Well, yeah, he was in Nebraska witness protection, but from, from the, uh, the FBI agent that I spoke with uh, later down the road, he pretty much told me they kicked him loose um, earlier, way earlier than that, because... You know, he would go and tell everybody who he was. He was getting in trouble for drugs all the time. He got caught in uh, uh, one of the airports in Nebraska. I think it was Nebraska. He got busted up there for for possession of methamphetamine. I, he was a real class act. So, in other words, in other uh, words, my high, he, they the FBI said, "Fuck this, we're tired of this," and they were just hoping that somebody would kill him and knock him off, and that'd be the end of it. I think everybody who came across Henry Hill was praying that somebody would do it. Someone to do it for free. That's how annoying he was to people. <laughs> wow. I almost did it for free. It was that bad? He, uh, 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 well, let me, I'll continue on. We're, yeah, we're yeah. you know, uh, up in North Platte. So we met him, we hung out with him. It was the coolest thing ever, you know. And uh, we left. And we we go back down to, uh, well, uh, when I say we, I'm talking to my ex-wife. Um, she went with me. She thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, we left. We stayed up there about four or five hours, and, and the, the dinner was great, absolutely amazing. So we get home, back to Denver, and about a month later, I get a phone call. And uh, here's Henry calling me up. He's like, hey, Daryl. He's like, you know, uh, you're a very, uh, very sharp person. I need a new manager. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with your old manager? He's like, well, I had to get rid of son of a bitch. He, he just sucks. And I said, all right. Well, what do you need me to do? He's like, well... I need to come to Denver. What can you do for me? I said, well, I can get you hooked up with a lot of people and get a lot of stuff going. We'll get contracts written, and uh, we'll get it started. So uh, I drove up and picked him up and brought him. uh, Actually, he flew in. He went to California first. Uh, Marie Jones couldn't put up with with his shenanigans anymore, kicked him out. He ends up going uh, to California. And that's where uh, I find out he's at. So I fly him in back to Denver, 
and say, okay, well, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, this guy's got money. We can hook him up, get him a hotel room, whatever, until he can get a place, you know, that he mm-hmm. can find. Well, we pick him up at the airport. He's got no luggage. And he's in the front seat of the car. We're driving back, talking, shooting the shenanigans and everything. And, and uh, he pulls out this credit card. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of everything. You know, I'm good. And he winks at me and shows me the card. And it's an American Express uh, American Express card with a name like John Smith on it. And I saw the credit card numbers, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine on it. And I looked at Henry and I said, Henry, that's not a real credit card. He goes, yeah, it is. He says, you watch. We'll pull over. We'll get some liquor. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, Henry loved his liquor. So we, we pull over. We go in the liquor store. He picks out the biggest bottle of uh, Grey Goose Citron vodka and go to the counter. And this is where my nightmare begins. He gives the guy the credit card. The guy laughs in his face and says, uh, sir, this is not a real credit card. He goes, this is something you grab out of a, a, a magazine. So Henry looks at me and goes, oh, uh, no, something must be wrong with my card. Can you, uh, can you pay for this? And I looked at him. I go, yeah, okay. So 55 bucks dropped there for a big bottle of liquor. We're still an hour away from Denver. And uh, this pretty much started all the BS and the true story about what Henry Hill was all about. Wow. So we get, we get back to Denver. Uh, we move him in. We, he sleeps on the couch. And so he was actually he, he, he was actually living with you in your house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, with my my son Dallas at the time, my my uh, my son Dallas at the time. This goes back what uh, two thousand six, two thousand and seven. So about ten years ago. So my son was uh, he was nine years old, and okay. uh, this guy wouldn't sleep. He was shaking all the time. Alcoholism. He, for alcohol withdrawal. Yeah, he's an alcoholic. And, yeah. Yeah, we never had any alcohol in the house, but Teresa was on pain pills. She had Percocet in the house, and Henry uh, ended up stealing all of them, and Teresa thought I was doing it, and I'm going, I don't need them. We couldn't figure out what was going on. So the bottom line was Henry Hill was a drug addict, and he was an alcoholic. And oh, big time alcoholic with a giant time. hernia sticking out of his belly. When I inter- when I interviewed him uh, in 2003, he sounded pretty good on the on the air. He didn't sound like he oh, was he, all I, fucked I'll up. I'll tell you what, he does amazing. This guy can act perfect while intoxicated. He'll sound like he's sober. Really? So he might have been yeah. drunk when I was interviewing him, and I didn't even know it. Oh, absolutely. What happened with the? Absolutely. You told me a story about the Howards when he went that. He was on Howard Stern quite a bit, and I remember when he came on Renegade, and I said, "Henry, how the fuck are you?" And he said, uh, you, can't, "You can't say the f word on a, on Howard show." You can And I said, "No, no, you're on the internet, you moron. You can say fuck here." And next thing you know, every yeah. other word out of his mouth was fuck. Oh yeah, that was that was Henry's favorite word. Um, uh, yeah, we we we'd get him on Howard Stern show. Um, Howard would fly him out, put him in a five-star hotel, but demanded that he be intoxicated on air. Oh, he wanted him. To, oh, he wanted him drunk on air. Howard did. Yeah, really? uh, Marie Jones would fly him out there. <laughs> I would take him out there afterwards, uh-huh. and uh, we'd get there, and Howard wouldn't have anything to do with him unless he was drunk. So we'd have to get Henry liquored up real quick, and uh, which was always a problem because. They didn't pay for another night in the hotel. Once you were done on the show, you had to get back on your plane and fly back. And as, as drunk as Henry would got, would get, uh, he was never allowed on the plane. Yeah, I've heard him on on the Stern show, and he never sounded drunk. And he was actually drunk. Yeah, he was drunk. Wow. 
It's amazing, you know. And, amazing. and the other thing, you know, Howard always used to promise him he was going to pay him too for the shows. You know, him and uh, the other character, uh, Gary the Retard, Gary, who I also yeah. represented for the, a short time. And uh, yeah, so Henry never got paid. Um, once we get back to Denver, Henry was back to his shenanigans. You know, uh, I was sitting in the bedroom one day talking uh, with my wife, and all of a sudden we hear this loud explosion out in the bed, out in the living room. And I'm like, what the hell? So I go running out there. Fucking Henry had a, got pissed off at the TV, threw the remote control across the room, and smashed a 30-gallon fish tank <laughs> with about 100 fish in it. Wow. So that's all over the, the living room. I asked my son what happened, and he says, um, I accidentally banged into it. Well, I knew he didn't accidentally bang into it. That's so Henry already, had, or Henry had already had your son lying for him. What's that? Henry already had your son lying for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, it got worse day by day by day. You know, we were trying, we'd have to take Henry to the VA hospital because, you know, he used to be in the service, so he had VA benefits. Well, we'd always have to take him in for 72-hour hold uh, for detox. And he'd come right out, they'd release him, and he's promising everybody, I'll start this program, yeah, I'll take care of this. And next thing you know, He's running into a, a liquor store, basically robbing him of, of liquor and running back out. Wow. So I had to go a uh, distance around my house area, find every liquor store, and warn them, show a picture. Hey, this is not a joke. This is the real Henry Hill. If you see him coming in your store, kick him out immediately. And they thought it was the funniest thing. Would they kick him out? No, they'd invite him in. They'd give him free bottles. He'd get boozed up. Yeah, because he was a celebrity. Everybody knew who he was. Oh, yeah, and now it goes beyond that because one day I, had a, I was taking him up. I was so pissed off at him. He was drunk. We go into Target, and he gets pissy in an attitude, and he starts taking clothes off of hangers and, and starting to put them on, ripping the tags off, throwing them on the floor. He's like, you're my manager. You fucking pay for it. I go, Henry, this isn't part of the contract. So he goes storming out of the store with all these clothes in hands clothes that he had on and I'm going up to the counter going I'm sorry it's my grandfather he's a little senile I gotta pay for all this stuff <laughs> so I get him out in the parking lot and I jacked him up against the truck and I looked at him and I said Henry I said I'm about to fucking whack your ass right now for free and he laughed in my face hysterically just like Ray, Ray Liotta laughs in the movie just like in the movie I mean movie, he yeah. had it down perfect wow you know, so I got sick of it. He's drunk, so I said, fine. I took my wife home, took my ki- uh, kept my kid in the backseat of the car. I go, Henry, we're going up to the VA hospital uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we get on the interstate, get all the way up to Colfax Avenue. We exit off, turn left. And wouldn't you know what that son of a bitch does? Sees a liquor store on the right-hand side. We're doing 45 miles an hour, mind you. Grabs the wheel and makes a hard right. We almost hit a Guinness truck. Wow, he was Into really embarrassing. Wow. Well, my son, nine years old, in the backseat could have killed both of us. So I'm pissed. I'm ready to cut this guy's balls off and shove him down his throat. So I call Aurora PD. I'm like, I'm not taking this guy anywhere. So Aurora PD shows up, and they're like, what's going on? I said, this guy, Henry Hill, he inspired the movie. He just tried to, you know, basically kill us by taking the steering wheel and moving it to a hard right at 45 miles an hour into the parking lot. The cops go, this is Henry Hill? I'm like, yeah. They're like, no way. So the one guy's Googling on his phone. He finds it. It's a true story. They all want his autograph. Anything <laughs> happen to him? Oh, no. Henry Hill gets a nice little escort to detox, and 
they get autographs and pictures with them, and that was it. No charges filed. Unbelievable. And this went on all the time. Uh, that's unbelievable. You know, a lot of people have wondered why they made a movie out of his life. Now, when I interviewed him, he was a drug dealer uh, in New York and Philadelphia on the East Coast. He was pushing like cocaine at $40,000 yeah. a week. He was he, he was, uh, he was like a dirtbag for the mob because he was never a made man uh, because he was, I think he was half Jew and half Irish or something. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah, because he never could be made. He uh, never be made, uh, right. Jewish and Irish, yeah. And I understood after the interview when I talked to Michael Franzese, who was another mobster in the Gambino crime family, that Henry was a, uh, he was dyslexic. He was all fucked up. Oh, absolutely. He did everything backwards. He used to stick his cigarettes in backwards. Uh, <laughs> that was always all true. Because I never, I was never face-to-face with him. I did the interview over the telephone. So I, I never... Yeah, he, he, he was a class act. I mean, this guy used to lose his teeth all the time. Lose his and, teeth? Uh, yeah, he had false teeth. And uh, he would lose them. So he'd be running around gum, gumming everything. Uh, we'd ask him where he lost his teeth. He didn't remember. Back to the VA hospital or VA center. We had to go to get new teeth for him. I mean, you must have gone through five sets of teeth in a year. Oh, well, high. There's a lot of people that hated Henry Hill because he was a rat. He ratted out a lot of people to get out of prison time, even though he was in Allenwood Federal Penitentiary when the Lutanza heist. In fact, I asked him about that. He said that they actually planned that heist when he was in prison. You know, he's full of shit. Well, he that, didn't plan shit. Yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't so smart he, enough. Hmm? All he did was give them the intel, knowing his buddy worked at the airlines. He gave the, air, uh, the the mob the information saying, hey, this is when the plane comes in and this is when that happens. Oh, okay. And that, Henry used to come up with a shit out here. He'd drive by Wells Fargo where all the money cars are, the, the money trucks. And he'd be like, hey, you know, I got an idea. We can go in over a fence. We could do this, this. I'm like, Henry, okay, there's cameras. There's guys with AK-47s. You are not getting in there. Oh, yeah, 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 we can do it. I'm like, Henry, you're being stupid. You're not going to get in there. Trust me. You know he was still always trying to figure out ways to scam people, but he could never come up with any good plan. Well, how did Everything he, like, the question is to a lot of listeners and a lot of, a lot of people would be, how in the fuck did they make a movie out of his life? What, what was so special about him that the, they went after his life? I, with all the, the mobsters that were out there that were really famous, that did a lot of things. And Well, the smart ones uh, weren't going to talk to anybody. They were going to tell him anything. Henry was a stupid one. He'd already snitched. Um, and, 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 and I will put in my opinion, even though Henry drove me up a freaking wall and I wouldn't whack him myself, I always tell people that call him a rat. I always put them in, uh, I tell these people that call him that, and, oh, he's the biggest fucking rat, you know, he turned that. I go, well, do you have a wife and kids? And they'll go, yeah. And I go, well, let me ask you this. If the mob is going to come after your wife and murder your kids because of you, don't you think you would become a rat yourself to save your family's life? And they shut up and they don't say anything. I remember when I put that, when I put it up on YouTube, there must have been, there were thousands of uh, comments and most of those comments, I would probably say 80% said he was a fucking rat and uh, what, a, what an asshole. That's what he, that's what you he know, said. You know, and, and, and 90% of these assholes that, uh, that make these comments, they've never even dealt with a mob. They've never probably even lived in a, in a big city like where you and I have lived, you know? Yeah. You, you mind your own business, you know? You didn't, you didn't talk tough, you didn't act tough like that unless you had to. And a lot, a lot of these people that talk to smack, you know, you'd meet them in a dark alley and they would 
they'd run with they run like a little pussy yeah they'd never be you know exactly associated with that it's all bark and and no bite well i remember when i interviewed franzese the follow that right after the henry hill uh, the uh, hill interview uh, franzese said to me that he was just a piece of shit and he was a runner and he wasn't a made man and he wasn't anybody to be associated with because he really didn't do anything except run around he was just a runner he delivered packages and that's about it he was he was Hey, go for this, go for that. He was a gopher. Well, you know what's funny about the whole thing when you look at when you look back at it, he became a Hollywood um, legend based on the movie, and the rest of these mobsters kept their mouths shut and didn't do anything. But he got all the fame and glory, and he was a fucking drunk and a gambler and a and a, a pill popper. I mean, and he pissed away all the money. Oh yeah, that, how uh, much he money? made from the movie? How much money did he make from the movie? You know, he told me it was about four point two million or two point four million. It was some some number like that, All right. and everybody that I that knows him well told me he pissed that money away on drugs and alcohol. I mean, four point one million dollars. Well, four point one million dollars on pills and and liquor. Yeah, wow. it was either two point one or four point two. It was somewhere around there. I'm sure there's there's an answer online, but what? he told me it was up, up in a couple million dollars. And a lot of people that know him, like Karen, I talked to his wife. Uh, she verified it, and she said he pissed it away. And he would get royalties from his books, but as soon as he got a check from, you know, like uh, Gangsters and Goodfellas, uh, that, um, oh, I can't even think that, Gus Russo wrote. Uh, right. he's, he's out of Baltimore. I met, I met and talked with Gus Russo. Uh, in fact, I went to his house and we talked about Henry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he would, Henry would get maybe $1,000, $1,200 a month just from that book and royalties. And, you know, he never got any royalties from the movie and this movie is on television all the time all the time so, so uh, whoever his agent was fucked him over pretty good on the, on the uh, residuals from the movie oh absolutely that absolutely w- and you know there's, there's, they were they were supposed to come out like a 20th anniversary edition and they did and well, you know what let's, let, 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 let's get into the 21st anniversary edition and we'll take a break right now Renegade Nation we're going to continue with uh, Mile High and his uh, relationship with Henry Hill when we come back we're going to go to the to, to, to the next part of this which he'll um, Mile High is going to explain where the follow up to Goodfellas was and what actually happened and why um, why Henry's not around anymore so we'll be right back Renegade Nation you're listening to Renegade Talk Radio you can listen on your telephone Mile High out of Denver Richie here where we don't sugarcoat shit. We'll be right back, dudes. Hey, Rich. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas where we don't sugarcoat shit. The most offensive, the most shocking radio network in the United States. My name is Richie. Marla's out today. We got Mile High from Denver. Works at ABC in Denver. Uh, hung out with Henry Hill for quite some time. We're going to continue the story as to what happened to Henry Hill and his movies and his books. And I interviewed him back in 2003, a long time ago. But uh, Mile High actually dealt with him as a uh, manager. And he's telling the story as to uh, how this all came about. So uh, it's all yours, Mile High. I find this quite interesting. Yeah, I think it was more a babysitter than it was a, a, a manager. I mean, I, I would set him up. Uh, you know, we had Irish radio stations and, and places all over Europe that wanted to interview him and talk with him. And, and Henry would, would say, no, no, they'll wait, they'll wait. And I'm like, Henry, we got to be on, we got to call in in five, you know, five minutes. No, no, we can wait. So one minute would wait. And so finally I would call in and I'd tell him, hold on, we're trying to get Henry. And Henry would just be like, 
nah, fuck it, I'm not doing the interview. And, you know, these people booked the times for his interview, half hour, an hour at a time. Mm -hmm. And he'd piss them off. Wow. And he'd just tell them, no, nah, I don't want to do it. You know, and that made me look bad because I'd have all this all all set up, and you know he was just a douchebag. Well, you were getting a bad you, know? you were getting a bad reputation. Yeah, I was getting a bad reputation because of what he was doing. And, you know, you can only make Henry do so much. So, now, what, so what was the follow up to Goodfellas? So, in other words, there was a deal going in to do a follow up, and whatever happened with that? Because a lot of people would have watched that follow up. A lot of people love that movie. Well, Henry knew uh, a gentleman by the name Michael Abbott in California, and I guess Michael Abbott was a makeup, one of the best makeup artists uh, in, in, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, his son started dabbling uh, in producing movies. In fact, uh, his son, Michael Abbott Jr., was one of the four founders of the Coachella Music Festival in uh, Palm Springs, California. Uh -huh. So Mike, Michael uh, Jr. knows uh, quite a few producers in L.A., and we get hooked up with uh, Michael Shevloff, who is the executive producer for Nanny 911. He was a, uh, a runner for uh, Temptation Island. Uh, he's on IMDb, if you, if you look up uh, uh, Michael Shevloff. Okay. So, so Shevloff, a uh, great guy from England, uh, is talking with me, and Michael Abbott's talking with me because Henry couldn't talk. He would slur and half the time he didn't have teeth and they want to do a reality show with Henry, uh, a cooking show. And they want everybody involved and we were going to shoot this at Georgia Durante's house who, uh, uh, she was the owner of Hollywood Stunts and if you ever saw the movie Airwolf, uh, she provided the stunt pilots and the stunt drivers for that show, mm -hmm. a couple other TV shows and she was Miss Kodak 1965 and she was also married to the mob in New York and she has a book out called The Company She Keeps. Uh -huh. So we're going to go to her house, we're going to set this all up, we're going to do a reality show, Dom DeLuise is going to be a part of this. Um, you know, well-known people. So you had some big name people. Yeah, big name people were involved in this project. There was a lot of people involved, and Henry uh, Michael Shevloff flies us out to L.A. Or I fly us out to L.A. Uh, so you, are you Michael, are you explaining to the audience another big fuck up here? Now say that again. Pardon me. I, I didn't hear. What the, the no, question. in other words, you're explaining another, another Henry Hill fuck up. Another Henry Hill fuck up. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so this was going to be life after Goodfellas type thing, um, with a cooking show, and so Michael puts us in the Hollywood Renaissance Hotel. Uh, we told him we don't want a room with alcohol because we know it's going to happen, and Henry needed to be sober. Henry had been good for about a week. He actually was wow, able to get on week? the plane. Wow, that's great. Yeah, a week. We got him on the plane, so that was a good sign. Yeah. But once we got there, he's in the room. He thinks he's mafia guy again. He's living it up. He's 400 little mini bottles in the refrigerator. It's an exaggeration. But um, I went down and met with Michael Abbott and Michael Shevloff while Henry stayed in the room. And when I got back, Henry was trashed. Uh, Henry had trashed the room himself, drank all the liquor, $1,600 bill in alcohol, in a matter of four hours, Henry drank. He had a bad drinking problem. There was coffee all over the wall. So he, tra was, he trashed the room then? Oh, he peed everywhere. There was crap <laughs> in his pants. Oh, geez. I mean, 
you know, it was like, was I working with a four-year-old or a 64-year-old? And that was the, the big question. At that point, I just said, I'm fucking done with this shit. So I call, Michael calls me up and he says, look, he says, we can't do this. He says, Henry's got to be sober. He says, why don't you go home, try and sober him up, and let's, let's see what we can do. So we get to the airport. Michael Abbott drives us to the airport. And Henry's still tanked. And uh, our flight's about, you know, two hours away. Well, the customer service agent at Frontier Airlines denies him boarding, which, granted, they're going to do. And Henry got pissed. So he's running around like a little kid in the airport. I'm chasing him down, following him. He's trying to lose me. And uh, he goes, I'm going to go use the restroom. I'm like, all right. So I, he goes, use the restroom. I'm just sitting there. I, I, I don't know what happened. All I know is I go in the restroom. He's gone about 10 minutes later, not even in there. So I'm searching around the airport. I'm going crazy looking for him. Can't find him. They start calling our flight. I miss my flight. Can't locate him. Five hours later, I call the police station. They had him in custody. He'd gone to an Albertsons and robbed the store of uh, to get liquor. So I said, he can just sit his ass there. I end up hopping on a plane, flying back to Denver. And uh, about three days later, they call me. Uh, Mike, uh, I think it was Michael Shevlock calls me and says, hey, look, uh, we've got an attorney. Oh, no, it was uh, Logan. Logan Clark, who's a notorious Hollywood detective, calls me up and he says, look, uh, we've got Michael Nassateer as uh, an attorney. We're going to get Henry out. And Michael Nassateer is Paul Abdul's attorney. Mm-hmm. This guy charges 25 grand an hour. And who's, who's going to pay that bill since Henry's broke? Or is it all connected? Well, if, if the reality show goes through, the first money that comes out of that goes right to the attorney. So, so whatever, happened, whatever happened to the reality show? It fell apart because Henry got arrested. He kept getting drunk. He couldn't stay sober. So you know Next what? Yeah, I know. I know, the question, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, if obviously the audience listening to this story, they kept on giving this guy breaks. You kept on helping him get the breaks that he needed to, to make money and to be successful. And he kept on fucking blowing it by drinking all the time. And uh, nobody, no, nobody, not too many people get those kind of breaks, Mile High. It's amazing that they, they dismissed kept- dismissed the charges. Wow. They the did- judge in California dismissed the charges every time he got arrested. Charges and it was all because and it was all because of that movie because of Goodfellas they 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 were in, involved with a star somebody who was famous yeah. that's yep. what it was Absolutely. so but when you saw the inside of Henry Hill he, he was a total fucking asshole jerk off who didn't listen to anybody and did his own fucking thing it's amazing he to me a, that that people like he that, had an addiction problem he was an alcoholic well, he was he an alcoholic when they made the movie I guess he was an alcoholic all the way I mean I know he was in prison in the eighties in Allenwood so he had to be, I don't think he became an alcoholic until afterwards. Oh, okay. I, I, I think him being in the witness protection program really messed him up bad, yeah, mentally. Be, yeah. Well, you know, it was either death or going to the witness protection. Who, who did he rat out? Because I remember asking him, who, who did he rat out that they were so upset about? Do you remember? Well, it was Tommy. It was, uh, you know, it was the whole... Uh, uh, that, was uh, it the whole, you know, the whole, was it the whole gang from the Lutanza heist? Is that, is that who we ratted the, the out? The whole thing. There was more than that. He turned in like, what was it, 40-some people got arrested? Okay, so he turned in the whole crew. about a year and a half ago, two years ago, the guys who did that robbery on the Lutanza airline, they yes. uh, they nailed them and they walked uh, they walked free. It was on the news yes. about about a year and a half, two years ago, and it took. And that, yeah, that, that, no, when, when did that robbery happen? And that happened in the eighties, right? 19, what was it, eighty or seventy nine? Or okay, seventy nine, eighty. They finally caught up with these guys a year and a half ago. Yeah. But he ratted them out. So how, how does all that work? I mean, I, I don't understand that. If Statue he, of limitation. 
So, so in they, other they words, they could they couldn't they find couldn't them. do anything because of statute of limitation, right? Well, they got they walked away because I saw it on TV and they were all you know old and gray haired and and hunchbacked and all yeah. that. They were. I mean, I re, I was in Maui and I was talking to this uh, hottie hottie chick and uh, she kind of remembered the, the interview. She goes, in fact, I did listen to that interview and uh, she told me like two days later. This was you know, a couple of days later. She came by on the beach again and she said, oh, by the way, Henry Hill died yesterday. And he, yeah. was, he, I don't, I, I, how did he die? Did he crash a car? Did he die from from alcoholism? <laughs> it, it was a, it was a. His health was just poor. You know, he, he drank too much, and I, I just think his liver finally gave up. Pancreas dropped out of him. You know, uh, people were amazed he lived that long. I, I, yeah, I'm he must have been. Yeah, I'm amazed that he lived that long because of all the drugs and alcohol that he did most of his life, and plus running uh, running with the mob and then running away from the mob and all that stress. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, how old was he when he died? He would have had to have been, he had to have been 70. Wow. Then he lived a pretty good life for, for the lifestyle that he ran with. He was a lucky SOB, I'll tell you that. Was Ray Liotta friends with, uh, was Ray Liotta friends with him? Not really, no. Um, that, that, movie made, that, that movie made Ray Liotta famous. It did. It really did. Um, you know, Ray, you know, the, the, the last thing that him and, and Ray Liotta did together, I set up with uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, because after I kicked Henry out of here, sent him back to California, he was homeless. He was living in Venice Beach homeless. And, uh, you know, a lot of celebrities out there would run into him. Like Joey Botafuco would, would send pictures to me. Hey, here's, here's me and Henry. What's going on? I'm like, hey, Henry's a has-been. He's done. And, you know, fortunately, he was able to meet. Uh, we ended up doing a, a photograph a magazine shoot, Entertainment Weekly, October, I think it was like 2006. 2007 mm -hmm. and that was the last time Henry and Ray Liotta got together it was a great story great photo shoot um, Henry did it for free basically as long as you gave him beer or alcohol and he and he did it that's amazing uh, but Ray, Ray wasn't real big on Henry you know he, uh, well, Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta no, he knew he was, a, he was a fucking drunk and an idiot. And, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they all knew. So they just used him for what they needed him for, and then they just trashed him. But he was trash anyway. I mean, you know, even with the Howard Stern thing, he had a, Stern you know, would say, you need to be drunk to come in here into the studio because that's when, that's when he was the funniest. But I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going back into my memory banks when I interviewed him, and I, he sounded absolutely sober to me uh, when I interviewed him. I mean, he didn't yeah. sound drunk at all. And if he did, I, I, I didn't know it. I didn't know it at all. Henry was a guy that could be, he drank so much that he was a, what do they call that? A walking? A walking, uh, no, it's a working. A functioning drunk. A functioning alcoholic. Yeah, a functioning alcoholic or something they call it. I remember yeah, asking exactly. him, I asked him on the air, I said, how many fucking people did you murder? And he said, I didn't fucking murder anybody. I just dug the fucking holes. I mean, he was quite. You know, you know what he told me? Yeah, he told me he dug the holes, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Well, they show, they showed that. Well, they showed that in the movie with him digging the holes, and they after after Tommy and everybody murdered everybody, he was out there. They were get they they would call him up and say, "Dig the fucking holes in the in the what do they call it in Jersey the um, um, the petrified well, forest or whatever." In Connecticut, where they dumped them, huh? They 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 had an area in Connecticut where they buried them all. Oh, it was in Connecticut. I thought it was in Jersey. I I didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah, all all in Connecticut. Now you know you got to remember this movie was written off of Henry's word. So it was Henry's story that they actually filmed on. So the whole movie basically is what Henry said, this is the how yeah. they operated. No, I didn't know that. 
Yeah. Really? And, uh, you know, it, it was really cool sitting with Henry and, you know, watching the movie in your living room with him. And, and you got Henry Hill right beside you. You, <laughs> you know, Morton, Morton Scorsese's mom is in the shot. You know, the, the little old lady with the gray hair and the glasses. That's that's Martin Scorsese's mom mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. Um, you know, the, a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, the whole thing with the... Uh, uh, Joe Pesci and he's gone oh am I funny funny like a clown how the fuck am I funny that was all ad lib that was not in the script and we, nobody knew where to go with it well you know what's funny about it I did ask him about that on the air and he said that Ray Liotta was petrified when that when Joe Pesci did that when Joe Pesci said what do you think fucking funny and if you watch the movie you can see it on Ray Liotta's face that he looks petrified he doesn't know where he doesn't know where it's coming from and a lot yeah, of people and, didn't know and that. he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, Henry said that. Henry said that was that was not in the script. I remember him saying that. And I, I when I saw, they, they, huh? Yeah, yeah. When I saw the movie, that was I, the best part of the movie. That was the best part of the movie. Uh, Joe Pesci was fucking hilarious in that movie. You think I'm fucking funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? What the fuck you? Do? Yeah. It, it was hilarious. Such talent that that man has. I'll tell you what. Who Pesci? Um, Who yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, Pesci, made, Pesci, definitely. Pesci and Ray Liotta made that movie so good. And who was the other famous actor? What was his name? Uh, uh, there was Bobby De Niro, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, yeah. Robert De Niro, Pesci, and Ray Liotta. Wow. And you know, it's funny, from a low-level mobster who rose to fame through a movie, and he was just a fucking drug runner, that's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing that he blew all that money. Jeez. What a, yeah. fuck, what a fucked and, up and, life. So if you're going to be and, a... And recently, what is it? Recently, the, the U.S. government said that now criminals cannot uh, gain any monetary finances from telling their story. Really? So Henry was lucky. Henry was yeah. lucky, yeah, because they did a lot of bad... I mean, I remember when I talked to Franzizi, Franzizi was not happy with Henry Hill. Franzizi made a shitload of money on his own with, the, with, with his connections with... The, you know, he was one of the big mobsters, but uh, they, didn't like well, Henry, you know, they didn't like Henry Hill at yeah. all. Well, Henry was one of the biggest liars out there, too. Yeah. He'd lie about everything. Well, that's how he became famous by lying. And that story, I mean, you said like 50% of the movie was true, would you say? Or? 90, 95% of it, Henry Hill claims is, is true. And that the other 5% was changed to glamorous, to make it glamorous. Of he course said I, that, you know, in the mob, you know, when they were running around, they weren't wearing suits. He said they were running around in, in uh, wearing T-shirts and flip-flops. <laughs> Yeah, wife beater. It wasn't as yeah. glamorous as what the movie made it. Yeah, wife beater T-shirts. I, I, they uh, they hang out in South Philly like that. They wear wife beater T-shirts. Anyway, yeah, so this, this is absolutely interesting. So Maha, you're going to continue to be on Renegade with us and uh, be the third wheel here uh, with me and Marla when Marla shows up. I don't know where she's at. She went to NASCAR, and never showed back up. So hopefully she gets back here tomorrow. You there? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Gonna, absolutely. We can continue on and uh, <clears throat> remember Renegade Nation. We're trying to find Raunch Fox, and Raunch had a lot of followers out there. So if you're wondering, like we are, where Raunch Fox ended up at, the last time I talked to him, I had a big fight with him, uh, so we didn't like each other at all, but um, we're still trying to find him, see if he's really dead, uh, or he's- Oh, he's uh, a backstabber. He's a backstabber, and uh, he backstabbed a lot of people, Renegade Nation, including myself, including Mile High, and a lot, a lot of other people, so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he used us for what he wanted, but, you know. I remember when I when I, I remember when I called Yoko Ono and I had her I was talking to her privately. She wanted to do the interview with me. 
And so yeah. when I told, uh, and this is true, Renegade Nation, when I told Raunch Fox about this, I said, I got you know Yoko Ono, and I'm gonna interview her. He started up a big fight and started backstabbing me to get that interview, and a lot of people were pissed off that they wanted me. And the interview, uh, I don't have the interview, but I, apparently Mile High has that interview, and the interview was not that good because he kept on interrupting Yoko Ono. And in fact, Renegade Nation, Yoko Ono, ono never gave, that was, this was the first time in 20 years, Renegade Nation, that she was gonna give her an interview, and it was given to us, to Renegade, not Stern, nobody else, we, were getting, we got the interview, and he fucked it all up if you remember yeah, she turned down she turned down fox news two days earlier yeah she turned down fox news i didn't know that she turned down stern she turned down all the talk show hosts the major talk show host at that time which was in 2003 and because of me because of richie because i'm such a nice guy she loved me in fact i actually had her own her, her private number at her residence and i actually talked to her she wanted to do the interview with me and it ended up with Ronch fox and we were all fighting and carrying on it was a big fucking mess but anyway it was, it was, it was, well, she, she liked me at least. Yeah, she liked you. She liked everybody. I think she liked Ronch, but you know, after the interview was over, I don't think she liked it too much. I, it was a shitty interview. And, um, yeah, yeah, he, I listen to it this day. And, you know, being through media and journalism now, I listen <laughs> to that interview and I just think, you know, Ronch sucked. He, he just, he tore that. He butchered it. He just wouldn't let her talk. He was horrible. And that's the whole thing. When you have Yoko Ono on and she's giving her first interview in 20 years, Renegade Nation, you think you would let the woman talk. I remember when I was on the phone with her and I told the staff at Renegade, and I was one of the co-founders of Renegade, and I said to them, you, you cannot bring up John Lennon. You cannot bring up the Beatles. We can't bring up the we can't bring up the breakup of the Beatles. She won't. She will hang up the phone. She just wants to talk about Liverpool and the peace movement and all this other stuff that she was doing and some song that she was coming out with. But, um, yeah. and he just butchered that interview and I was really pissed off about that. A lot of other people were too. So. Yeah, his his intelligence. Well, yeah, his, his questions weren't uh, really gaining any knowledge. You know, you weren't learning anything new. No, you weren't uh, no, from his well, from he, his questions. Yeah, to her. Well, he didn't do he didn't do his homework. You got to do your homework when you, when you interview somebody like that. He yeah, to, he, you know, and he was always a person that he could wing it. Well, yeah, winging it with somebody like that, I would have had my questions in front of me and I would have made sure that I was totally prepared to interview somebody like 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 Yoga Ono, especially when she didn't give an interview out for 20 years and we were the first ones to have her on the air. It's amazing, yeah, absolutely so. amazing. So we're gonna, I'm going to get out of here. Again, Mile High on Renegade Talk Radio. Tell all your friends you want to listen to uh, Henry Hill. Pass the show around. You can listen to it on your phone. Just go to renegadetalkradio.com. That's all you have to do, renegadetalkradio.com. You can listen to the show. You don't, you don't have to go to any apps or any of that nonsense. The player's right there. Don't forget, visit our sponsors, Mile High. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, hopefully. And, um, yep. and Renegade Nation, have a great day. Enjoy the show. Pass it around. We're out of here. Have a great one. Bye.